Welcome to episode 455 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's learning to ride a bicycle built for three. In this episode, we talk about Return of the Jedi in concert, Gallant, and Winning Time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So put on those helmets and knee pads, because it's time to let go of the seat. I don't want to. kick off every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about things that are new fun and noteworthy about our weeks lauren why don't you kick us off because we're the denim duo oh yes i love it oh yes <laughs> we are the denim duo that's how you sound i love it me. that's, that's not I at all how, no, no 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 that's not at all how, how she that's sounded. what that's I how said you, that's, sound, that's I how you sounded i said that's how she sounded to me that's how I felt in my head. Like, ooh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah. So, what's been going on this week? I have been catching up on work. I've been. Uh, I let me think. I've just been doing a bunch of stuff. This seems kind of boring, honestly. Like just client projects and just normal life, I guess. Um, I've got some friends back in town and all that stuff, but there's some good TV shows to talk about for sure. I cannot believe that I forgot to bring this up last week, but. Top Chef is back. And not only is it back, this season it takes place in Houston. So I am so excited about this. And it was like very, very, very awesome. Like the first night, like watching it, they did this like quick, like kind of like coming on this season montage. And I was like so excited. I was like almost jumping up and down in my chair because it's like that place is 10 minutes away from my house. Like, and I know this restaurant that they just showed. And it's like, not I've been live to these though, places. right? Like, this is already over. So it's not like, you yeah, yeah. So I wish that them. I had, yeah, yeah. I definitely wish that I had like known at the right time to go to anything. Cause that would be like a dream for me to like taste anything that was made on that show. But, but uh, it was just like cool to see that it's all these places I know, like, it's just exciting. And then like, I, I have like a list of all these things. Like, I bet I could guess like a bunch of the challenges and like, I, bunch of them like were in the preview so i'm like this is going to be really fun to watch and like it's crazy the like accolades that they have this season for the contestants top chef is like constantly getting like elevated in like who they have on there but like it's crazy this season they have eight contestants out of i think 12 that are michelin star chefs so it's like kind of nuts is one of the (laughs) challenges this year in houston to get from one side of the city to the other in less than 12 hours (laughs) is that no one would be able to do it. No one would win. <laughs> they do always have those like sponsored cars, though, so I could totally see them doing something where it's like you have to drive from like one end of town to the other. It's a very was, big part of being in Houston. I was yeah, about to ask a dumb question. Houston doesn't even have a Michelin star restaurant, does it? You know, I don't know if I've ever like looked that up before, but I, we have some really great restaurants. I mean, oh. Houston has such a great food scene that it's like, I think this is a great choice. Like, it seems awesome. I mean, Ugly Delicious did a whole episode on it. Although, fun, funny enough, 75% yeah. of the restaurants they talked about aren't in, they don't exist in they Houston don't. anymore yeah. because the chefs Crawfish moved on to other does, projects. Though, which or... is one of the, the best restaurants in town. And I was like, they better bring that on Top Chef. Like, that I, is so good. I don't think that Texas has a Michelin star. And if it does, it's in Dallas. But I don't, yeah, I'm probably. not even sure there's a Michelin star in Texas. Um, all of that said, uh, Houston is supposed to have a wildly you, good food scene. Do you know who ha- who really does good. have a uh, who does have one? 
Eubank, Nebraska. Can you believe that? You're uh, what? making this up completely. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but all I did was ask you if you could believe it. And your answer is no, you can't believe it. So, yeah. No, 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 I no. can't believe it because like it's if you had a good restaurant anywhere, you should qualify. But I I, uh, I don't know. I don't know that much. I don't about even that, think like, Eubank, where... Nebraska is a place. I'm pretty sure I just well, made it up. How would you spell it? How would you spell it? E-U-B-A-N-K. Eubank. Oh, you would spell like the name Eubank. That makes sense. Yes. How do you spell <laughs> Nebraska? Uh, E-U-B-A-N-K. So, a couple things. There's a Eubank Boulevard uh, in New Mexico. Uh, huh. Wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a woman named Kinsey Eubank that swims at the University of Nebraska. Well, that's yeah. something to hold on to. But all the others in Albuquerque. She might have a town named after her very soon. We'll have to wait. That's true. I guess it depends on how good she is. All right, Lauren. So, uh, I'm... But yeah. I, so I literally two days ago, three days ago, I was flipping through Netflix and trying to like find something to watch because I feel like I'm in a little bit of a lull uh, or mm-hmm. the stuff that I'm watching, I'm watching with people. So I can't just yes. pick it up and watch whenever I want. And I thought, um, I wonder when the next season of uh, Top Chef is coming on. I didn't do any research to find out. But now that I know that <laughs> you've said it, I can go seek yeah. it out. Yeah, it literally just started. Only one episode is out so far. So great time to jump in. And Top Chef requires no prior knowledge. So to any other season. So it's like perfect time to jump in if you want to. Uh, Very, very exciting, though. It's going to be a good season, I think. Did Did you ever watch the show The Final Table on Netflix? I always saw previews for it, but I don't think I watched it. It's they really they good. had like at one point so many cooking shows coming out. I'm like, I'm not watching all of these. Like <laughs> Genuinely, because I've seen all these shows. Of all the competition right. shows, the final table is probably my favorite. Okay. That said, they only got like one season. Okay. I, that, that makes it easier to check out for sure. But yeah, I love Top Chef. I think this is the like 16th season or something crazy. So like it's clearly beloved and has gone on forever. Uh, so next thing that is brand new to check out that hasn't been around for forever is a new show on HBO, uh, c- which is different than the one that you're going to talk about, Patrick, uh, later is Our Flag Means Death which is uh, a new Taika Waititi show that started and it is really great. And I just want to read the official synopsis because it is better than anything I could have ever written myself. Uh, So it says, the year is 1777. Wealthy landowner Steed Bonnet has a midlife crisis and decides to blow a pushkusi life to become a pirate. It does not go well. This is based on a true story. (laughs) Is it really based on a true story? Just this like gentleman pirate was like a real thing. I don't even know if that was his real name. I need to ask my brother because he's he knows like a weird amount of pirate history. But like, yeah, of I course think he does. It, wait, wait, that's that is such a non-statement because it's <laughs> it is clearly true. <laughs> like, well, vamp- it's just something vampires that he, like, is and pirates. It obviously makes sense for your brother to be completely versed in those two things. Everyone that has sounds... random things that they're interested in. But... I, I'm, I'm not throwing any shade. I'm just saying that's so that you saying that brings zero percent of surprise to me. <laughs> like, oh like, yeah, yeah. That sounds checks like out. a conversation that uh, Takawatiti would have with someone, like joking around over drinks at a bar, and then yeah. like the next day he's like pitching it to a studio. I assume at this point 
Yeah. He doesn't have to put a lot of effort into making a pitch. Like the studio's going to bite based on his track record. I feel like they probably ask him, what do you want to do? And he has like some ideas. And 100%. Like, I, yeah. I don't know to what level he is like producing the show. He is listed as a producer, but like it, he doesn't write the show like he has some of his other ones. But oh, I, okay. So this isn't a written and directed by. It's just, uh, he's just tagged as a producer. I don't know if he made up the concept because it does feel very like in his wheelhouse because like Riz Darby who played Murray from Flight of the Concords yes. is the is Steed Bonnet the gentleman pirate I, I love him it is amazing to have him be the lead of a show and if you don't if you never saw Flight of the Concords he's also the werewolves not swearwolves guy uh, from what we do in the shadows uh, film it's I love him <laughs> his stand up is also wonderful as a side note but yeah uh, the like excuse me the crew of the pirate ship is made up of a bunch of like really fun actors only a few of them do i recognize hodor is one of them which is great because he's like seven feet tall and it just looks amazing and he gets to um, use all of his own like tattoos which is cool they're not yes like, i i had to look up if, if any were added because i knew he had some tattoos but not as like he has a lot of tattoos yes. in the show why, so I was like, why does he look amazing <laughs> what what about him makes makes him look amazing I just love that he's so big it, compared to everybody else. Like it looks like a cartoon in in this world. It's because, literally like, so the reason people... why Lauren agreed to do this podcast because of you. <laughs> like it's there. She that's, has some affinity. She has an affinity for things that are larger than they should be. I'm fishing for a compliment right now. Can you just oh, okay. say, Patrick, okay. you're abnormally large. That's all I need to hear. Or just say because he reminds <laughs> you me are, of and you. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so what's okay. more and more. I have probably told this, uh, maybe told this. Who knows? I was uh, Daniel Duke. Me and Daniel Duke were in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Not that y'all know who Daniel is, but he, he subs to the show. Nice guy. Also, uh, secret, he was also on The Voice and got kicked oh, off cool. in a battle round. Okay. Um, so he was, uh, uh, we were in Orlando. We were hanging out and uh, we're eating at an Indian restaurant. And this the the waiter kept like kind of like long staring at him so the waiter would like bring something and then just kind of like just he was a bit fixated and so there's a bit of a realization of okay maybe he recognizes him because he he had just been on the voice like fairly recently is it the voice or was it like britain idol or like no no, it's the voice uk let me specify okay the voice uk um and uh so Finally, the guy is just like, look, I recognize you, and starts, like, guessing where from. <laughs> he thought that Dan was, um, uh, is it Tarly? The the guy that, yes. uh, yeah, that's like. like Sam Tarly? Yep. Oh, he thought Dan was Sam, and he thought I was Hodor, and he thought we were two of the cast members from Game of Thrones eating at his Indian oh, restaurant in Orlando. <laughs> And so Once they signed. They signed his apron. <laughs> no, I, I got him to take off his that. shirt, and I just signed straight across both his nipples. Um, so then I had to clarify, like, no, no, no. I had to tell him, like, no, no, that's not me, because he actually pointed at me and said the name, and I was like, that's not me. Uh, and then he guessed uh, the voice, and then they like talked for a bit, and it was fine. But it was uh, so anyway. I, for a brief moment in time, someone thought that I, I could absolutely Hodor. See, I could believe, especially when you see him like not as Hodor because he doesn't look like that normally. Like, yeah, yeah. I can definitely see the resemblance for sure. Oh, I was wearing an Ikea rug <laughs> yeah. while well, I was eating, by the way. <laughs> Very normal winter attire, I know. <laughs> yeah, in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> in, June, yeah um, in June. In <laughs> June. Brutal, brutal 
winters. Uh, there's a few other fun cast members. I totally recommend checking the show out. It's brand new again. Um, just started on Sunday. There are three episodes that came out. Um, but I think it was smart to drop these three episodes uh, all together because like at the end of the third episode really sets up really, I think what the show is going to be going forward. And so like it, it helped to learn all the things you got leading up to it, but like it's really about to get going. So I'm, I'm super excited to watch this show. It's great so far. Yeah. It's always a good time when you're like watching by yourself and laughing out loud. <laughs> I mean, uh, so. I, there's probably a, a time in your life where it's more depressing, but for now, yeah, it seems great. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to choose to look at it positively. <laughs> uh, okay, or you so laugh then... and then you look over to the couch and there's no one next to you and then you cry. <laughs> I was going to say, if you've seen the movie Joker, that's a very prominent scene in the film. So That's, yeah, that's fair. That's oh, fair. yeah. Well, we'll get to Batman. Don't worry. Uh, so, but for staying on HBO, I watched West Side Story, trying to catch up on the like Oscar movies. Yeah. Um, I have an unpopular opinion, I think, and I didn't really like this movie very much. <laughs> I that think is like, unpopular. Why? I think it's really like a well-made version of the story, but this story is so outdated that it just felt like it has no... I was just like, why are we still talking about this sort of? Like... It feels really like outdated. It feels really like sexist. It feels kind of racist. Like I felt very uncomfortable with some stuff that is like, I know that this play is very, very old, like way over 50 years old. So it's like, it came from a different time, but like in the time when you're making remakes and you're choosing to change other things anyway, like they made some significant changes. Like I'm like, you, you can change some of this other stuff. You don't have to use these words. You can update. I don't think they should maybe like change the ending. It is what it is. But like, they I just was like, this feels so out of place now. I think that the, the movie is very well made. Like the singing is pretty good, like except for everybody that except Ansel Elgort. Um, and like the dance sequences are incredible. Like the the cinematography of like these really long shots on these really elaborate dance numbers with so many people are truly impressive. But like I just this story just feels really outdated, in my opinion. Fair. I, I yeah. wonder. <laughs> Because here's the question, right? People would argue that West Side Story is a story that is timeless because it's Romeo and Juliet, right? Like it's it's yeah, exactly Romeo and Juliet just put to uh, a more modern time, right? And so what's the line? And we don't have to, you know, we don't have to wax philosophical right now, but it is a question to ponder. What's What's the difference between outdated and timeless? Because there's a line, right? I mean, and something, there's a threshold oh yeah, that has to be crossed to, to be one thing or the other. And I don't, I don't want to like dismiss all of it. I think like the music is really good and like for its time, it was very progressive, but it is just not anymore. And like, it just, it feels very old fashioned at this point. And it, like, is it, I don't know, is it like to me, to me, 2022, having a movie about a race wars it, that they're like not necessarily confronting very openly is just i don't know it just like felt really off to me at this point but i guess that's i guess that's my point is it really that far off from reality or is it is it hitting the nail on the head in some cultures right like no 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 i, I yeah I, i'm not saying that it's, it's like valueless or like they should just stop making this play happen ever again it's just like does another movie version need to be made just like like knowing how much money and time and effort went into making this movie. I'm like, I kind of like, and having seen like in the Heights and tick, tick boom this year, I'm like, those are better. <laughs> I didn't, like, yeah, I didn't see, I didn't see uh West side story. 
but I did see Tick, Tick, Boom, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Tick, Tick, Boom is like one of the best movie musicals I've ever seen, period. Yeah. And and I, I don't think this is like poorly made. I just think it's it's tough sell on this story these days. What yeah. was the most surprising part about Tick, Tick, Boom, by the way? Uh, I didn't How realize How much of that... it was actually true. Yeah, I, I <laughs> didn't realize that Jonathan Larson died the day before the 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 oh, live yeah. right? the live preview of rent oh, also okay. uh i think becca told me is it becca or did you patrick one of the two of I, you her name is is it rebecca it is rebecca. jessica okay go ahead jessica okay, what'd cool. you say jessica yeah it was jessica that said um somebody told me that that's actually sondheim's uh voicemail like he actually recorded it oh that's so cool he actually recorded it before um before you know weeks before his death so he talked to Lynn manuel miranda and said hey i want to re-record that i want to kind of correct or fix some of the things that i said to make it sound a little bit better the fact that he did leave a voicemail with that sentiment is true but it maybe wasn't as eloquent so sondheim actually did uh, record that voicemail that you're hearing in the um in the movie, which I thought was really, really a really cool note. Yeah, I, love I, that. I really want to see it. I'm excited to whether or not it was intended. Kreider just called it tick tick bomb. I don't agree. I mean, like, I get it. I'm never going to be like, do you have to like all the movies I like? It's fine. But like, I love tick tick boom. I thought it was yeah, one of the I did too. I, I, the music was phenomenal. Music mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Yeah. I would love to see the play version now. Like, I was just hearing this on a podcast today where it's like almost hard to imagine the stage version after seeing the movie first. Like, how does this work? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to know how many of the songs actually translate directly from the show versus rewritten a bit for the, for the film. Uh, Yeah. You would have to, yeah. They called me Uh, (laughs) the, the theater under the stars tuts your place. They called me to give a donation and I thought it was a scam. Um, but I think it's because, like, I think I had bought y'all's tickets, you know, Apple paid me or whatever. And so the person started talking, and I was like, totally scamming, right? She's, like, she just pulled up the about page. I was page like, why would theater. you have your number? It's from Rock of Ages. It's from no, Rock of Ages, from- yeah. I was like, ah, she just, she's, uh, she's like, reading off the About Us page, and she's just, like, comp- it's just making it up right now, right? And, uh, yeah, but it was this, like, old lady. And I, mm-hmm. I do, as much as I think old people aren't innocent and, like, you know, like my wife sees an old person and she's all like, oh, bless their heart. And I'm like, they probably suck. Like, we don't know, you know, <laughs> just but, without any sort of understanding, your automatic assumption is that they are that they suck. I'm balancing out her automatic assumption that they're good just because they survived. Like I like <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm saying. So but I did. But I, I like my wife has probably softened me up a little bit to the elderly. Oh I yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you sound it. <laughs> barely. So when she so she's asking for money and I said, um, uh, I'll have to talk to my wife. Like I, you know, you know, this isn't a local theater for me because I don't live in Houston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I think by saying that, I I think I gave her too much hope. And uh, so anyway, I hung up the phone and this is when I realized it wasn't a scam, or probably not a scam. She then emailed me. Uh, after the fact, because she would also have my email address from mm-hmm. purchasing the tickets, and like yeah. she sent me another message, and then I've just ignored it ever since. 
Yeah, I would keep doing that's, it. That's like the oh, whole story. Okay, because <laughs> long because there was a theater. We were talking about a musical. I see where you're going. Connected. That's it. the last musical you saw. I think that. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's yeah. And now I can't go back because I don't. Because I already because had, they're going to know like, it's you. Dolores is <laughs> they waiting. They said maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's. I just. I imagine that she's still sitting beside her phone waiting. Dolores. That's what you say when <laughs> you Dolores. <laughs> it rhymes with it. Okay, yeah. So anyway. Awesome. Um, yeah, I've just got one a couple more quick things. So uh this Saturday I'm doing another pop shop live. Uh nothing elaborate to say. It'll be with enamel market. So I had fun last time, so I'm signed up for another one. Uh, just look at my Instagram for all the information on that. And then this weekend was the Ozark show, which was super, super cool at Gallery 1988. Uh, went really, really well. Like, just really excited to, like, have shared all that. And, like, I don't know. I literally started working on those pins, like, over a year ago. So it's just, like, feels like a really big victory to, like, have them be public now. So very they're cool. Great. Very awesome experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, legitimately, they're, they're really good. Oh, thank you. I, I I really like how they came out because like I was really concerned because like if the colors didn't turn out good, be, the gradient wouldn't have worked. But they they turned out really awesome. Buy a Pantone book when you make your enamel pins, kids. It really saves you a lot of headaches. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's coded, uh, coded though, right? The Pantone yeah, coded yeah. book. Okay. Don't mm -hmm. don't get the uncoded. It's going to be a very different color. Yep. And I I've made that mistake where one time I picked all my colors like that, and then I realized I had to start all over, and I was. So mad. <laughs> so good lessons to learn. But anyway, the very last thing and my favorite from this week was getting to see the Batman. And I think you guys saw it as well, right? Patrick no. has not seen it. Oh, well, maybe I'll have to wait to talk more about it. We could easily do an entire show about Batman. Uh, I will not say very much other than I liked it very, very, very much. Uh, didn't feel like a long movie, which I feel like a lot of people are complaining about. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I really liked it. I feel like it lived up to the hype, which was like a steep hill to climb. And I'm excited to watch it again probably soon. <laughs> it has a three-hour runtime, right? It's mm -hmm. like two hours and 50-something minutes, yeah. Oh, so people are complaining because they think it's too long. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... Like, the only reason I had any inkling it felt long was I had to go to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know I was like... Just that was the only reason I was paying attention to the time. I was excited. Like I heard someone say that it, they felt like it had like multiple endings, and I'm like I didn't feel like that at all. There was a part where I was like, "Oh, there's more," and I was just excited, not like, "Oh, what? This is another ending." Yeah, the, <laughs> so, the only other person I talked to about it, literally, the first thing they said is that the time flew by, that it didn't yeah. feel like a, a three-hour film. I feel like I just wanted to say that because then I've seen that be like one of the biggest criticisms I've seen, and I'm like, "What are people talking about?" But My... uh, I I really liked it. My hot take on it is that I think that Ben Affleck is a better Bruce Wayne. I think that, um, and I need to throw a little caveat on the backside of that. I think mm -hmm. Ben Affleck is a better Bruce Wayne, but I think that Robert Pattinson is probably the best Batman we've seen in a long time um, in terms of like the masked <laughs> crusader um, mm -hmm. or vengeance or whatever. But I think, I think Ben Affleck got terrible writing. I think he he got shoved into bad writing, but he he to me communicates his fault. To me, I think he uh, kind of embodies Bruce Wayne in a way that none of the other Bruce the none of the other Bruces have. I think he kind of carries himself like a Bruce Wayne. I picture when I picture Bruce Wayne, I picture Ben Affleck as a 
as yeah, a person. Yeah, I was like, Ben Affleck is also like a cartoon, handsome man, human, so he works great as that's Bruce what Wayne. Like- that's what I'm saying. I think I think he's great. I think he just got terrible writing and he got the bad the bad end of the stick. If he was I- in Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman series, then I think he would have done phenomenally and people wouldn't have given him so much shit for it. But he- It would be so interesting to have had Ben Affleck be in this movie. I can't even really picture it at this point, but no. like... <laughs> I, it, and he couldn't be because I think that I think that uh, I mean, like, you know, like all of the like legal and whatever, like personal questions aside, just trying to imagine him in this. Movie I, I know like, what's, what I'm saying is I think that yeah. it would be terrible. It would be bad writing for him still, because I think the Bruce Wayne in this movie is kind of like a brooding emo kid. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't love I don't well, love let's, let's, Bruce in this movie. We so. should save it to talk about when Patrick has seen it because I, I I would feel bad ruining it because I think it was good. Uh, I don't like, mind ruining it for Patrick. <laughs> so that's where we are different. <laughs> I don't care if it gets ruined for me. Well, I also think this is something we could easily do an entire episode on. So like I'm down to do that if you guys want to or whatever. I don't think <laughs> I have a full episode in me for it. I, I would be down if you guys both are. But I think I've said primarily the things that I thought were cool. I mean, there's a handful more, but I don't think I have a full episode in me on it. I do like the idea of this then. So Jedi just said, save it till you've seen it. And I think that makes a great show where we end up recapping sh- like movies that we finally watched. So like we could recap like Richie Rich or just like anything that's just old that no one's talking about. Amistad. We'll just- save it till you've seen it. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to watch Amistad, but we'll figure <laughs> some stuff out. Okay. All right. I okay. did find out yesterday that, like, um, um, a close friend of mine has not seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And I just feel like that's like an absolute must. You haven't seen it either, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen it, Lauren? Yes, but a long time ago. That's the first, that's the first thing that you've seen. It. We're going to recap Glenn last. Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I don't it's not fresh I don't remember a lot but I, I have seen it okay, okay. Uh, yeah uh, I, I definitely like Batman it's I, I think a step in the right direction for DC's stuff uh, after having a, a couple of clunkers like after Peacemaker and this I'm like bravo guys you're on the right track again <laughs> makes me interested for like what they do have coming next which like Aquaman is uh, back in the universe we're used to with DC and then uh Flashpoint will be very interesting, I think, now that we have three different Batman universes officially. <laughs> you you didn't least, mention actually, Black Adam. Black show. Adam is the only thing to be excited about in the DC universe this year. Oh, it's really... Yeah, that's even another one. I, I, I feel like that one feels so separate than the like Justice League group of heroes for some Good. reason that I like forget to include it a lot of times. Because the Justice I, I, League was garbage fire. So. But but you know what I mean? Like I they they haven't like crossed the streams with the two of them as much. Like at least like even in Peacemaker, they talk about Batman and Superman enough that you're like they live together. Like they they sure. you know, but know I lo- they, they loved, acknowledge each other's existence. I loved Shazam a lot. I think Shazam was probably one of the best things they've done in, in many, many years. And yes. obviously I love Dwayne. I always forget to Johnson, like include that so. one, yeah. Uh yeah. so and in the in Shazam, they do mention the Justice League, like Superman at the yeah. end of it, you know, like all that stuff. So um, there is a crossover, but I'm really excited because. I it does look good. Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah. I just I kind of forgot about it. I <laughs> love the way Peacemaker added to the canon of the Justice League. I don't know how we're going to watch the new Aquaman and take it seriously. Honestly, 
Yeah, I can't believe they, 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 I can't believe they let I that mean, happen. I mean, also after like the boys and like their version of Aquaman, which you can't not think of at this point either. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's one of not the canon. Where the boys got. Oh, I this know, is canon, like, and like that's what's crazy. Like they they let this be canon, so I don't know how we're supposed to take how we're supposed to take him seriously now. I don't know if you haven't seen the finale. I mean, of, at least of... at least like Aquaman does have some sense of humor about itself, unlike a lot of the other DC things. Like there are some jokes Jason Momoa cracks. Like he's not a hundred percent serious. Like it's a little looser. Like not quite Guardians of the Galaxy loose, but he's not like Mister Serious either. He's like a good time brunch, you know, Jason Mimosa. The only I really thing... hope there's a brunch spot that has like a full Justice League menu and that's one. <laughs> the only thing that was as bad as Aquaman was Wonder Woman. So anyway. The second Wonder Woman. Yeah, the second one. The, the first, first one, one was good. incredible and you can just shut if your you remember, face off. I also complained about the first one when we did our review of it. I absolutely complained about it. Yeah, because I did not like the I, first I, one. I really you like don't... the first one. And I, I will vouch for Birds of Prey as another good DC movie, but we they're going on a tangent. Birds of Prey was pretty good. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I had to walk out of yeah. Birds of Prey. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway. Uh, is that yeah. it? Batman. Yeah, uh, that's it for me. Cool. Uh, Andrew, it. my jacket twin, why don't you take yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> because the, the denim duo must unite and stay together. Honestly, yes. I'd watch the denim duo before I'd watch Batman vs. Superman again. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to watch Justice League again. <laughs> um, I have a pretty quick around the table this week. There's a couple shows that I watched. Um, I read a book this weekend. And when I say I read a book, I mean I read a whole book this weekend. I felt like Lauren. Just to spite Lauren, is that why? No, to spite you. I can read. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're the one who doesn't read. I get happy when y'all read. Yeah. <laughs> I don't um, feel bad about not reading. Well, we're trying to I'm make trying you. To shame you. We're trying to shame you. It's just a fact that you don't read. <laughs> we're That's doing all. our best, Patrick. Eventually, <laughs> yeah. we'll get there. Andrew is joke, trying to shame me. Um, be clear. <laughs> I uh, so but I'm going to talk about that book during my um, my master category. So I'm going to talk about a show real quick uh, and then I'm going to tell you about the giveaway we're doing tonight. Um, and then one more thing. So uh, I watched I started watching this show called Outlander. Are you guys I've watched a little bit of that show? Are you familiar with Outlander? OK, so this is essentially a it's based on romance novels. So like. Just straight off the bat, like, you just got to know what you're getting into. Um, And there are a handful of times, I'm only, like, four or five episodes into it, but there are a handful of times where the scene is literally, if you just pause it, you could imagine just taking a snapshot of that and walking to your, you know, your local bookstore and just seeing 15 versions of that exact same scene on the cover of these, you know, these romance novels. Um, But the show's premise is so like unique. It's so different. So um, without giving a I've watched ton- the whole first season. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't, I'm not even that far yet, but um, yeah. it's about this, um, this couple, this, this man and this woman who go to Scotland uh, and this is 1945. So it's right after the war. Um, 1945. He's a historian and she is an army nurse um and they go to they go to Scotland and while they're there she stumbles across this time traveling stonehenge area um and the the kind of the wind rustles up and she touches this stone and all of a sudden the first thing the next thing she knows she's in the 1700s um you know 200 years before and she uses her knowledge of her husband 
uh, like her her husband's his, historian knowledge to help her navigate that world. And she brings, she she's a healer there. Um, so she brings modern medicine to an, a non-modern world. And she, and the story so far is her trying to get back to um, to the you know 1945 to the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, there, it's not for families. Um, it is like a, I would call it, I would say it's like soft core. That's <laughs> probably what I would say. It's very much Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. At it's least. Game of Thrones. It's like, yeah, the, I, the, the sex I that you would go see. a little more because like so much of the emphasis of the show is the romance aspect. So like, it's a little more than Game of Thrones because it's like a show about that. <laughs> yes. But I'm saying in terms of visuals, like the visuals they show are not are not yeah. quite as graphic as Game of Thrones. But the show's theme is romance. So it's 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 kind of. Yeah. Implied. Yeah. Um, so just be aware that that's that that's going to happen if you're not if you didn't watch Game of Thrones for those reasons. Don't watch this show. It is. um <laughs> It is cool though. So like it does have Game of Thrones vibes to it as well because you're in this like medieval time and uh you are even though Game of Thrones is fantasy and this is based on like a like true events that happened not the time traveling part but like the war of um of England trying to take over Scotland and all of that like all of that stuff is based on like it's historical fiction. Um but it you definitely gives you Game of Thrones vibes. It's 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 pretty cool. So if if you want to scratch that itch and you want to see something that's a little bit unique, um, Outlander season six just started yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, you've got plenty of things to watch if you're in for a show that you you want you want to be able to binge. It's pretty well shot. It's a BBC show. Um, and so it has it has those yeah. um, sensibilities to it. If you're used to those kinds of things like uh, I was going to say Downton Abbey, but it probably is nothing like Downton Abbey other than there's British people. It's more like down downtown. Downtown right? Abbey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that should be like an SNL sketch where it's like in New York or something. Or even yeah. just like a streetwalker named Abbey. So it's downtown Abbey. Downtown Abbey. Oh that's my just, gosh. That oh, that's just downtown Abbey. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, I love this. Uh, Outlander. That's what it's called. It's on stars. If you don't have stars, uh, then you can't watch it. Sorry. Um, and you you can't criticize me for recommending things on Showtime if you're recommending things on Stars. The only reason <laughs> I have true. Stars that is, is to, true. Stars is much worse. The only reason I have Stars <laughs> is to watch Outlander. That's legitimately yeah. it. Uh, There's so. a couple good shows on there. Um, otherwise, but yeah. Okay. Um, all I I'm know is to, Stars. I'm trying to remember, like off the top of my head, what's on Showtime and Stars is like impossible. So I have to check. But I will. <laughs> <laughs> stars was the, sh- the the channel that we tried to watch when i was a teenager and it was like this whenever we would get like a free stars weekend my my friends i would invite my friends over and we, when we would have like a sleepover we'd watch stars to see what happened because that was the channel that like that and hbo were things that came on after dark that you wouldn't be able to see on other things <laughs> and it was like finally yeah. we didn't have to sit through hours of the scrambled channel <laughs> like that was <laughs> that's all that i remember they would have stars. cinemax previews periodically as well yeah that's another one <laughs> yeah not that i knew but i knew i've heard i've heard lore that there were this this thing called cinemax <laughs> um <laughs> anyway uh outlander if you're into something new and you have a lot of time on your hands because there's six seasons now i was such a horny kid sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> 
just, I'm like just a little, cringing little kid. at memories now. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Stick around for after the record for more from Patrick. Uh, we're going to really get into the M of one after dark. That's an old, that, yeah. that's kicking old school. Um, yes. All right, Patrick, take us home. Um, yeah, uh, great. My week is not going to be as exciting to y'all. And that's okay. You didn't even see Batman. <laughs> Because I was busy with Warcraft uh, patch 9.2. Uh, that's what I spent, honestly, a lot of time doing. So, uh, latest patch You're like came the out. only podcast not playing Elden Ring. <laughs> because I have no desire to play any of the... Um, the uh, I know it's part just, of, like, Bloodborne, like Bloodborne and all that stuff. And all that stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally teasing. Like, everybody's talking about it, though. <laughs> My my only knowledge of the game is this is the most difficult game you'll ever play, and that's enough for me not to want to play. So that's it. I've watched yes, Trevor Dark Price Souls franchise. Like hell no, yeah, Could yeah, not that's think it. Of Dark Souls franchise. Okay, great. Um, but that said, Warcraft did announce today that they are. In, it's an announcement about an announcement that they're announcing their next uh, release, uh, April fourteenth or April nineteenth, something like that. But today was the announcement. For when the Warcraft event is, um, the Blizzard event right. is, and part of that Blizzard event will be announcing their next expansion. This will be expansion number 10. And one of the things that I, I did not realize is that I think WoW has already been out for um, 18 years now. And I started playing in vanilla, which was during the first expansion. So just wild to imagine like what percentage of my life um, I have been doing something on that game uh in fact I, i'll tell you before the the show is over i don't want to look it up right now because i don't want to hose the stream while i'm talking because that's like when the stream needs to be the strongest but i'll wait till andrew's talking and i'm gonna log into wow and get my slash played i think i have played and so played would be the time that you're logged in actively moving your character i think it's 35 days but I'm gonna ch I'm gonna check what my slash plate is so I know what it is. But anyway, um, so so that's the thing on that side. I went through all of Murderville. No reason to talk about it because you both already talked about it. Um, other than to say, um, uh, what's her name from Shit's Creek? Shit's Creek. Uh, Allison, Amanda, Ali. Just wasted time. I just I hated her episode so much. And uh, uh, Ken Jong's episode, I really did not like, but oh. all the rest of them I enjoyed. That's interesting that you didn't like Annie Murphy. Annie Murphy, it. you yeah. didn't like yes. Ken Jong's episode. Is it because he, because of his laugh and how he would break, like that he wasn't very good at the game? First, let me like, say I don't, <laughs> I don't find Ken Jong funny. Like, okay. of course, like I have found him funny in certain um, franchises, but his stand-up. I ended up turning off. It's one of the few stand-ups that I couldn't even make it through because it was just so unfunny to me. And then the way he played the character in the show, I didn't find him to be, like, witty at all. Um, and, in fact, what he would do is he would lock up and then just laugh. Is what He, he would just end up mm -hmm. laughing a lot. And so, I, I you know, it's... Um, yeah, what's the late night show's... Uh, the late show's host? That Jimmy just Fallon. Yeah, it might as well have been Jimmy Fallon. Like that, it might as well have just been him in that character. So, uh, a complete waste. Whereas, like, Kumail, I thought was very witty, uh, which was made his fun to fun and to watch. He was a good game mm -hmm. player. He played the game. Yeah, I I think I can see what you're saying. Where like Kim Jong wasn't very good at the game. Like he cracked too much and wasn't like asking the right questions because he was like out of it. I think because he realized he wasn't 
doing what he was supposed to be doing. Like he seemed to, yeah, like freeze. I think you said was like the perfect word to describe it, but I still thought his was pretty funny. It, yeah. Annie Murphy's wasn't great, but that part where she like dresses up was funny. That part was funny. <laughs> Sharon's Sharon Stone was playing so hard. Like I even preferred watching hers. I, I she like that she just made a, a she made a big decision with like the character she played and, and it she, worked well, even if it wasn't act, as she funny. Acted. Yeah, she acted. Yeah. And, yes, yeah. And she played the game. So it wasn't terribly funny, but she was really she in consistent. it. Yeah, yeah, she was really yeah. in it. So, yeah, she dude, seemed very like she wanted to get it right. Like I she wanted to do an to escape room with Sharon Stone. That's what I want to do. Because yeah, she's intense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ken Jeong yes. just seemed along. He seemed the most along for the ride, and not like an an aggressive participant. Like either aggressively acting or aggressively being witty or aggressively whatever. He just seemed like he he, he was just hanging out on set for the day. That's how it came across, and I just it just wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't fun to watch. Um. So yeah. I don't, so uh, overall, the show's good, but I actually found the first three episodes because I think that's the Conan. I think and, those are uh, the Yeah. Everyone in the chat is saying they liked the Conan one, which was another great one. That part with hot sauce is really making me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think the first three were the strongest, and then the show kind of tapered off for me. So whereas I would have thought they would save the best for last, but uh, first three are very strong. I did actually like that they tried to weave another mystery into all of the mysteries. I thought that was a good touch of like throwing that on yeah. top. Um, I just unfortunately like the big payoff was in Ken Jong's episode. Tommy Toon, baby. Tommy Toon. Yeah. yeah. By the way, what was the code word? It was Tommy Toon. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So murder. I really hope that they get to do more of that show. That's. Yeah, I think that's like the most fun thing. Uh, Murderville, and I think they will. Murderville, um, World of Warcraft, and the last thing is, uh, Montaigne has a, uh, I believe a new single that's dropped in the last seven days. So I'll say this, uh, Monta I don't know that I've talked about Montaigne on the show. Uh, it's M O N T A I G N E. Maybe I have talked about Montaigne on the show. That's fine. Uh, she's a musical artist I really like. Um, I think it's not that my wife feels competition, but. Um, you know how Spotify will tell you like your top artists and they'll say like, you're in the top 5% of listeners or the top 1%. It's like, I'm in the top 0.1% of listeners for this artist. Like it was like this ridiculous. Wow, you and 19 so. other people. It honestly made me feel, it made me feel creepy. And I'm not creepy, like not towards her. I'm creepy about other things, but like not towards her. <laughs> and it, but it made me feel bad being myself to know the stat about it. So exactly. Do you love her? That's yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it makes you intended that. But she has a new uh single that came out and uh and that's all. If you want if you're interested, go look at And up you're like thing. carefully not listening to it enough on there so that you're not like number one. <laughs> I've i now listened to it on YouTube. That way it won't show up in my Spotify most uh, play. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Co Cookers. Cover your tracks and then talk about I, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. always hated that like since I like you know, like in old iTunes, they would tell you how many times you've listened to a song. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that to me. I don't need that. Like, I don't need <laughs> to know that I've listened to Bohemian Rhapsody three hundred and thirty six thousand times. Please and thank it's, you. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sure less creepy if you take steps to obscure your tracks. Um, yeah, yeah, you're making it better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's it. it. That's I won't talk about anything else um, because we took a lot of time. So, but I got a really good master category. And Sorry, I'm I had so many things. No, to be fair, Lauren, your your around the table was only a third <laughs> as long as it should have been because the two of us added an additional thirty three percent apiece. So. Okay. When would you ever have learned about Eleanor calling me for money? Yeah. 
That's because of you, Lauren. Did you know her name was Eleanor? I'm... No, I don't know her name. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was like, you didn't correct me when I said Dolores earlier, and it now sounds like you know who it was. <laughs> I'm going to be watching I just picked an Eleanor old woman's name, and that's, yeah. that's the name I picked. I don't know. I had a grandmother named Eleanor. Sorry, Becca's mom. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. That's not her name. Um, all right. She didn't sign a release, so I can't say her actual name on air. Uh, maybe okay. next week. Um, okay, mm -hmm. so if that's going to be it for our Around the Table, let's talk about our Master Categories. The Master Category section each week is when we talk about the dice we rolled the week before. We pick our topics based on those categories. Um, I'll start. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> talking fine. already. I'll talk. Um, Do it. Because I think it, I think it parlays pretty nicely with what we were just talking about. So... Uh, I got art, and I'm going to be real super loose with that because I read a book, and I'm going to talk about that book. But I think it actually connects. So you can talk about the art of writing and that writers are artists, but there's also uh, drawing in this book. There's, there's did you artists in this Art book. of War by Sun Tzu? Uh, no, I did The Art <laughs> of the Deal by your hero. No. <laughs> only, only aesthetically. And let me be clear. You love to look like him. Not how he looks, because that's bad. <laughs> but, and Andrew knows this, if I could if I could decorate a house, I would hire, and I had any budget, Trumps. I would hire the same decorator. <laughs> that Trump, I don't know why I like it. I don't know why I like it. You just want a gold, gold toilet. Like, that's your thing. <laughs> such old school rich. Like, it's so outdated, and I'm so drawn to it. Dark greens, dark burgundies, gold, velvet, tassels. That's 100% my aesthetic. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You want to live in a Victorian mansion, basically. Like. <laughs> Speaking Something. of Victorian mansions, I read yes. a book uh, that is called Gallant. Uh, it's by an author, V.E. Schwab. And I've talked about her before. She wrote The Darker, Sh the darker Side of Magic, The Darker Shade of Magic. Um, mm -hmm. But that's like a three book series that I've talked about in the past. Uh, this is her newest book. It literally came out this past week. I pre-ordered it um, and uh, and I have gotten through all of it. It's a phenomenal book. So I'm um, let me just read you the synopsis of the book. I think that's the best way to do it. And then I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, OK, everything casts a shadow, even in the world we live in. And as with every shadow. There's a place where it must touch, a seam where the shadow meets its source. Olivia Pryor has grown up in Maryland's school for girls, and all she has from her past is her mother's journal, which seems to unravel into madness. Then a letter invites Olivia to come home to Gallant. Yet when Olivia arrives, no one is expecting her. But Olivia is not about to leave the first place that she feels like home. It doesn't matter if her cousin Matthew is hostile or if she sees half-formed ghouls haunting the hallways. Olivia knows that Gallant is hiding secrets, and she is determined to uncover them. When she crosses a ruined wall, at just the right moment, Olivia finds herself in a place that is Gallant, but not. The manor is crumbling and the ghouls are solid, and a mysterious figure rules over all. Now Olivia sees what unraveled generations of her family and where her family may have come from. Olivia has always wanted to belong somewhere, but will she take her place as a prior, protecting the world against the master of the house? Or will she take her place 
beside him. And that's the premise of the book. Uh, Interesting. It's so well written. Uh, it's so freaking fun to uh, to read. The, <laughs> the story is absolutely phenomenal. Like, so it's it's this little girl, and what it doesn't say in here, she's. Wait, you just did the voice of a little girl. No, I did a voice of a narrator. It's the narrator, about damn the it! Girl. Oh, okay. jeez. Um, <laughs> I've clearly never met a British woman ever. <laughs> you would understand if you read more books. Yeah, this isn't for people who don't know how to read, Patrick. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> My bad. Um, it's uh, so Olivia is this orphan, essentially. What she's living in this school for the girls. She's um, she's mute. She can't speak. Uh, oh. but she can communicate with, uh, with sign language and, uh, she, she has to go and confront all these things. She can see ghosts even from the very beginning, even when she's at the school for girls, she never understands why, but she can't ever communicate it with other, with other people because she can't, she can't speak, but she can see ghosts. Um, and mm. early on in the book, she said, I, I don't know if I'm haunted or if the house is haunted. And you come to find out that it's her that's haunted. She has these special abilities oh. where she can do that. And I won't tell you why she can do that um, or where she comes from or any of that stuff, but it's what time period is it set in? Um, I actually don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it specifies a time period if I'm if I remember correctly. Um, but it it does take place in this like Victorian style manner, uh, and um, and then when she walks through this through this uh, passageway out in the garden, there's this wall, the garden wall. When she passes through this 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 iron gate, she goes to a mirror side of the universe, essentially, ah. where everything is gray tones and ashy and all these things. And Gallant mm -hmm. is there. That's the name of the manor, Gallant. It's mm -hmm. there, but it's not there. It's it's Gallant, but it's not. It's like a mirror version so, of it. What's the Stranger Things like the... It's the upside the down. Opposite. Thank yes. you. Thank you. And um, if you look up the cover of the book, um, it is... The art on the cover is phenomenal. Yeah, and it does a it. really good job of depicting this idea of this like reverse world. Um, and they do a really cool job of, of describing it in the oh, book as wow. well. Um, but the secrets that the book holds is, is really good. It's a pretty quick read. Um, it's uh, 352 pages. It's not, it's, but, but it's written for like a younger, it's like a young adult or, you know, whatever. It's technically a horror fantasy book. Um, but it's not terribly scary the way that it approaches it. But some of the themes yeah. are, are kind of scary, like as you picture it from the from the lens of like an 11 year old, you know, mute girl. Um, it's really, really quite good. I'm uh, I wasn't expecting to get through it as fast as I did, but I didn't want to stop listening. You know, I didn't or I didn't want to stop. <laughs> I didn't want to stop going through the story. I wanted to wanted to get to the end of it. Um, and I would 100 uh, percent recommend it. Here's where some of the art yeah. comes into play. First of all, the art of the book is phenomenal. But besides that, um, she ha all she has is her mom's journal. Like it says in the in the in the setup, in her mom's journal, there are these journal entries that seemingly don't make sense. Where she's asking questions and she's dial she's it's like one side of a dialogue, um, and then uh -huh. you had these like random pictures in there as well, sketches and like these yeah. uh, these things that are both beautiful and horrifying all at the same time all spread throughout the book and drawing. She has learned to draw because she has to try to communicate things through a universal mm -hmm. language, right? Pictures are a universal language. 
Um, and so mm -hmm. um, a lot of the story deals with her ability to draw what these drawings in this in this diary mean and where they come from and how to interpret them. It's it's really, really cool. The story kind of unravels um, or unfolds uh, pretty quickly. You're not you're not like waiting around. There's not like the first the first third of the book isn't just set up like you kind of jump into it within the first couple of pages. You're already seeing ghosts with her. So oh, like, nice. it just jumps you into the story right away. She wrote this whole book during the pandemic. Um, nice. Uh, Victoria did Victoria V.E. Uh, e. Schwab. Um, she wrote this book during the pandemic and it's been getting rave reviews uh, from people. Um, she's a New York times bestselling author. She, she does great, great work. And if you're a fan of, any of her other stuff, uh, it's all fiction. It's all it's all based out of out of reality. Um, but this is an excellent companion to any of her other books. And if you read this and you're really into this, then go back and read the Darker Shade of Magic and that whole series because that's phenomenal. Yeah. And she has a book that came out a few years ago called like, oh gosh, I wish I hadn't started saying it because I don't remember the name of it. Um, Let me see if I can find it. When it's I'm, uh, Allie something. Like her book right before this. Uh, Allie, I'm just going to look it up. Hey, I'm getting there. It's loading. Um, these aren't necessarily in order. Just Her like newest one is it. called. Uh, make sure you give me a clap before you go back. I will. Right. Okay, here we go. The book she wrote right before this one is called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And it has gotten like rave reviews. And so she was nervous coming out of, um, she felt like that was kind of her opus uh, as an author and um, didn't know where to go from there. And so when she jumped into Gallant, which is a vastly different story um, dealing with, with ghosts and, um, and death and the other side and all these things, didn't know how it would be received. And um, she put out a message on her Instagram today, her Instagram stories today, thanking the community for um, embracing it. And because she legitimately was like in uh, like really insecure about whether or not people would get on board with it because she thought she had written the best thing she had ever written with Addie LaRue and with how the, the story has, uh, how gallant is being received. She's realized now she just has to write the next greatest thing that she's ever written. Like she doesn't, like that's not a that's not a yeah. cap. That's just now she's just going to move to the next thing, and so um, it's just a really cool story. I mean, to, I, to tie it back in with the kind of like art theme, that is a good like mindset to have as an artist of any kind, anyway. Yeah. Where it's like, do the best you can always, but you're you're gonna you always have to keep working to the next thing keep, as well. Keep going. Yeah, I was actually talking to a friend mm -hmm. of mine last night. I'm also selling all these sketches right on my uh, my web store, yeah. and. Um, and he was asking me, like, you're selling all of this stuff. And he was looking at some of my prints, like the Ghostbusters one and the Maleficent one and the mm -hmm. Not Penny's Boat one, and, like these, these other things that I'm selling. And he's like, why are you selling all this stuff? I was like, well, ultimately, like, I can recreate it. Like, I can, it, like, I can make more. Like, that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Like, I, it's not like mm -hmm. I created it and, like, that's all that I have, off, have to offer this world. I can continue to create more and I don't want it to just sit in these sketchbooks or sit on my shelves. And it's kind of that idea, right? Like you've mm -hmm. written this book. Now what? Well, write your next book, <laughs> like keep going. If you're a writer, yeah, do write. the next one. if you're a, if you're a, you know, if you illustrate, illustrate, if you paint, paint, like whatever it is, continue to do that thing, continue to progress. I uh, just thought it was a really, a really sweet 
um, sincere gesture that she put out on Instagram. But the book is phenomenal. It's super fun. And it would be hard for you to put it down. Lauren, you'd probably read it in an, in an afternoon. Um, <laughs> it looks really good and definitely like something I want to read. I, I've been like wanting to read those other books that you suggested that she wrote as well. I just, I see them at the bookstore every time, but I, I just have such a big stack that I haven't gotten to it yet, but they're, they're on my like list of stuff I want to read. They're, they're, they're great. So um, I think I'll definitely like them based on like what you've described and like the description and everything. Like they totally sound like books. I'd like, I mean, even this book description reminds me of like Neil Gaiman, like Neverwhere type stuff. So like always good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, okay. Uh, Lauren, why don't you just take it again? Cool. Uh, so I got music and present and you guys know that music is not usually my favorite thing, but I actually went to a concert this week. So it worked out really good for me. Uh, oh. So we went to the symphony and saw the return of the Jedi in concert. So the way that this works is uh, like you go to the Houston symphony. That's where you're seeing the movie and they have um, like the whole giant, like hundred person orchestra on the stage and then a giant like movie screen hanging above them and they play the movie um, live. So you're having like the talking of the movie, but all the music is the orchestra. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And like Star Wars has great music. And I think like now having seen all the TV shows and like being even more aware of like how much they use characters themes, I've become like mm -hmm. just kind of more conscious of what all that music is and stuff. So mm -hmm. I thought it was like really neat to get to experience it this way when like hear the orchestra play it and it's like I like the music anyway but it definitely like elevates it to this other level like you know like Darth Vader comes in and you hear the whole room just like echoing with the Imperial March and stuff so it was like really cool and it was funny because like we had a very um I would say like uh interesting group of people to go with that like I I'm like obviously a super Star Wars nerd I love all of it uh, you know, Trevor's more casual. So we're uh, the other couple we were with. And then the, our last person, like she's she's really casual Star Wars fan. But she's like, I haven't watched these movies in so long. And like, you know, some of it's a little silly, but like this music really changes how I feel about it. And I was like really excited to like hear her say that, you know, because like uh, like I just like live in this music since like a little kid. So it's like sure. very different feeling to me. You know, like it just evokes different things uh, like right off the bat. So to hear somebody who's like, less enthusiastic about star wars also just like appreciate this so much like that was a really cool thing to like hear from her latching um, onto the it, music it, side of it like she's developing yeah. she's developing new memories you're tapping into yes. old memories and she's developing mm -hmm. new ones and it's all because of the music it's all sean yeah, williams it, scott right that's the composer just john williams oh okay 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 you sure it's not actor <laughs> sean williams scott yeah you sure it's not the guy from uh american pie <laughs> Are we sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that Stifler? He's Stifler, isn't he? No. I think so, right? Wait, Sean William Scott, Maybe. I think he's Stifler. I think that's right. Yeah, I, I know he's, but yeah. It was it was really cool. Like, they also had, like, um, a bunch of the, like, 501st people, like, in the lobby for you to take pictures with and stuff at the uh, event. It was funny because, like, not very far away from us either was, like, a guy and his girlfriend had full Mando costumes and sat and watched the whole thing in the costumes, which I was, like, Oh man, that's dedication. Cause like 
we we dress up at conventions, but I don't like doing it like at movie theaters because you have to just sit in a very uncomfortable outfit and no one can see you because you're in the dark. So like that is a big level of commitment to wearing a costume that elaborate and a helmet to watch a movie. Maybe they're very <laughs> ugly or maybe it's like an actor and they don't want to be spotted, you know? No, I saw them like take off their helmets like a couple times to like, you know, just like to have a sip of water or whatever. But yeah. like, I was just like, you guys are awesome. For are they this. very ugly? I just need you to be honest here. Gut no, response. No, they were, they were fine. They're okay. normal. <laughs> that means they were at least kind of ugly. <laughs> I don't, no, I they mean, were, I they were like fine. staring at them. They were fine. <laughs> they weren't like hideous monsters. Like, yeah, Lauren, you're, no you're the wrong the person to ask that question. If it ever yeah. happens to Patrick, he'll be honest with me. <laughs> I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it was definitely a really cool experience. If I could see more movies like this, I would. Uh, Jedi is pointing out that, yeah, the Hollywood Bowl does this where they play uh, like the movies with the music a lot. The ne they have more like this at the Houston Symphony, so I wouldn't be surprised if you look um, in your town if they have something similar at the symphony, if there is one. Because like um, the next one they have is Black Panther, and they're going to do the music with that. They did a hair whole, excuse me, Harry Potter series last year and played the music with the movie. So like I was like, just wait till you're done and Lord of the Rings starts. I'll be lined up. <laughs> maybe that would I be a good like time just be on the list to, to oh do yeah that I mean it's funny though because those movies are very very long so I wondered if they would have to do a shorter one just for like the musician's sake but maybe they do that maybe they do the tv version <laughs> they do the amazon tv version I don't know now I'm like what is the runtime on that one but it, it has to maybe there is a shorter version but yeah it was really cool I highly recommend this if you're a movie fan I feel like it's a really cool way to like um especially for movies like this that I like I've seen return of the Jedi. I don't even know how many times. And like, this is the first time I've watched it with like undivided attention in a really long time either. And like, I just had a really good time watching star Wars this way. So like, I feel like if you maybe have seen like movies a million times, seeing this way is like a kind of fresh way to do it. Like if they had Jurassic park, I'd be there in a second. <laughs> That's another John Williams score. Mm -hmm. I think maybe you just really like John Williams. I don't think it has anything to do with the movie. I movies. definitely do like John Williams. But there's, I mean, he didn't do Lord of the Rings, so that's fair. <laughs> uh, do they have all the normal, like, movie concessions? Like, normal, like, do you have popcorn and stuff to do this or no? You you could. They had, like, snacks outside. We had just eaten dinner, so I didn't pay a lot okay. of attention to what what the snacks were, but they had snacks. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. If there's popcorn, yeah. I'm there. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a really good time. Uh, very simple topic this week, but really good good experience. So uh, highly Be on the lookout for that in your local area. And when yeah. when uh, Black Panther comes out, let me know. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind driving it's, over to... It's the first weekend in April. We like will the second miss that third. because we will be at... Creative Sound. It's, it's, it's the week before that. So, so still we, close we, we could be there. So we'd be leaving <laughs> a week afterwards for like le like less than a week. Yeah. So it <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lots of driving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Right. So Patrick, it's your turn. Take it home. Hooray! Am I sure you're attempting to do this? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Great. All right. So I'm talking about a winning time, um, and this is the new HBO show, which. Uh, it it covers the the loose history uh, of uh, let me say this differently. Let me go and take a step back and say this differently. Uh, it's really covering the book Showtime, uh, Magic, uh, Kareem Riley, and Los Angeles Lakers Dynasty. 
Um, and so this is the loose history of of that kind of dynasty uh, being built. And this is a, I won't say it's an Adam McKay vehicle, but Adam McKay's been uh, highly involved in it. It's actually um, created by two other people, Max Bornstein and uh, Jim Hecht. Uh, but Adam McKay is a producer on it. He directed two of the episodes and he was involved in casting decisions. And that's very important for this next part that I'm going to talk about. And by the way, the first episode of this is out now. Um, and so if you want to jump into the show, you watch the first episode now and then uh, it's coming out every week moving forward. This is the show that finally dissolved Adam McKay and Will Ferrell's relationship. So if you're familiar with Dirty Sanchez Productions, which was their production house, uh, that's been going on for a while. We've seen that put on the end. uh, Yeah, we've seen that put on the end of movies and shows that we like. Uh, You know, it has like the the whip and the coffee cup in the center, if I remember right. And it says like Dirty Sanchez. (laughs) Um, But basically, initially, Michael Shannon was actually cast as the lead character in this show. Uh, And let me say real quick, uh, McKay and Farrell have had a strained relationship before now, so this isn't a, this is a new revelation. This was just the final straw. Uh, Michael Shannon was cast as lead character. Michael Shannon had to drop out, uh, partly because... Like the of character the- that um, John C. Riley's playing? Exactly. So I haven't seen uh, the show yet, but I've seen it. Shannon uh, had to drop out, partly because of scheduling and partly because I, I think he just didn't like the, the, the creative direction of the show. It does and, seem like um, a really weird show for him, just based on yeah. what I've seen. <laughs> like, I'm very glad. I'm very glad it's not Michael Shannon. Uh, I'm not a Michael Shannon fan, so I'm very glad it's not Michael Shannon. And um, I think Farrell assumed that he would be a shoe-in to then pick up the role because of him and McKay's relationship, um, or or at least get to audition for the role. But instead, McKay actually offered the role to John C. Riley without even talking to Farrell. Uh, Farrell didn't know that John C. Riley had been offered the role, and and of course they're friends as well, and that just created a, a big enough riff. There's a falling out. They've both actually talked about it in an interview. So if you're interested about it, uh, you can find interviews where both McKay and uh, um, Farrell have been quoted talking about the fact that they're no longer working together. So they're now in the process of dissolving uh, the production company. So Dirty Sanchez will be no more. Okay, all of that just said, curious. Do yep. you know if Dirty Sanchez is like still a product producer on this season of the show, or is that not a thing? No, so I don't think they were a production on. I don't think they were a producer on. Um, oh, let me say that differently. So McKay is a producer. I don't know that Dirty okay. Sanchez. Okay. And Dirty Sanchez, I don't think is developing the show now. They were who was doing uh, Succession, and you would still see Dirty That's Sanchez right. tied to Succession even though they had already had their falling out, you would still see them pop up on the end of the cards for uh, who knows. I don't know if like one partner is going to buy out the other partner's shares or what's going to happen on that side. But in any case, they won't be working together anymore uh, moving forward. So um, you're right, Kreider. I'm not a Michael Bannon, but that was good. okay. <laughs> to this show. I am such a huge fan. Now I have only seen, 52 minutes of the first episode that's 59 minutes that's right i had to stop seven minutes from the end to come record this podcast so this is fresh (laughs) this is fresh on my mind when i you're really cutting it close this week (laughs) when i end this podcast i'm gonna go watch that last seven minutes i haven't seen yet uh that said i'm actually really enjoying it it is a bit um it's a bit sugar sweet all right if you imagine um Things like nods to the camera, 
or little winks or um if you think of those things as sugar this kind of like unnecessary like over the top stylistic embellishment this is full of over the top stylistic embellishments whether it's um uh, uh camera shots or framing or actually I was as I was watching it uh the scenes are 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 very well as far as the framing of the scenes are very well crafted to the point of looking like um you know high end advertisements from the time like that's the the best way I know to describe mm-hmm. it is it almost looked like magazine layouts watching okay. the scenes that are framed you'll watch and you'll and you'll see for sure also the link I, I dropped a link in slack that's the intro music that's the song that's used in the intro it is fantastic it's another uh string in the string of just awesome intros for hbo shows um as good as peacemaker <laughs> this one is really really good it's it's different it's really i good. mean hbo is nails it with the intros like even the game of thrones one is like so iconic like <laughs> yeah absolutely you um, hard to I, that I would buy an album of HBO intro in, in like intro songs. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably find it without buying it, to be honest. It's called now. That's what I call HBO intros. <laughs> We're going to release that. It's called we'll Napster, it. Patrick. <laughs> um, oh, Zach, actually, sorry. Side note, Zach, uh, funny or die. I have a great story to tell about that, about kind of what caused all the issues behind funny or die. I'll try to tell on the podcast next week if I remember to do it. But anyway, Okay, so uh, rewinding a bit. Um, that said, even though it's not necessarily an Adam McKay show, he's a producer, he's directed two episodes, it feels very Adam McKay. Like, if you imagine the big short, if you imagine those little, like, um, mm-hmm. those pop-out segments where all of a sudden, like, they broke the fourth wall and someone's talking to you directly, and there is a lot of that type of stuff going on. It's, it's, a, it's pretty ultra-stylized. Now, I think, stylistically... Uh, and the timelines are kind of off by about 10 years uh, from where we're at in the show. It feels more like what I think the deuce was trying to do. Uh, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that HBO show, but I actually think this, this succeeds better than the, the deuce did at setting like a vibe and a feel. Now there are complaints about the fact uh, that the yeah. show is not uh, accurate, like historically accurate. I don't care. I have never, I don't watch a sport. I have not played a sport. I'm not interested in a sport, but I can tell that I'm really going to like it's this called show. basketball. <laughs> Thank you, you just basketball. keep calling it a generic, a sport, <laughs> but it is basketball. I don't want to be like other it's, sports. It's, oh, I see. It's also specifically like about the Lakers, right? Like the, the uniforms that people are wearing. Right. In the, the fictional community. team of the Lakers. Yeah. So I'm like the lines are built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just call it a sport. Um, for me, for the things that get me excited, I am really, really pumped about the show. The cast seems great. Everybody fits really well. Uh, Riley fits perfectly to the point that I already can't imagine Shannon. I for sure can't imagine Farrell in that role. I think he's a um, he's going to be awesome. Uh, there's there's going to be. I, I I read one article that said it's the Succession. Um, you know the 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 sports version of Succession. I don't agree with that. I don't think I feel that level of tension or that level of whatever that I felt from that show, this feels um, a bit more rich. Again, like the best way I know how to, it, it almost to the point of cloying, but not quite, but that's, that's a fun thing to have. Like if everything was like that, it would be overdone, but to have one show in the rotation that like really nails that um, just that 
big vibe. I'm glad that this is the show <laughs> in the rotation and it'll be in the rotation for the next several weeks. So John C. Riley of- is the perfect, perfect role for that. Honestly, I think even more so than Will Ferrell. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I genuinely, Shan was a better cast than Will Ferrell. I cannot imagine Will Ferrell playing this role. Um, for sure. Curiosity was, so the argument that Will Ferrell had was like that he wasn't given the chance. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm like, it's, there's also a difference between like, I would understand why maybe he was annoyed that they didn't tell him no matter what, cause he's involved with the production company. But like, if he also wanted to play that role, that adds another layer, a little bit of butt hurtness. Yeah. It's, it's both. I will say this. You never, okay. We obviously don't know who is at fault. It's impossible to know in reading the interviews. I actually, um, because I, I remember reading statements from both people at the time, because this happened a couple months ago. I, I mean, it happened when we were still in succession season, because I remember yeah. looking to see if they pulled the production company off of the, the closing title or the closing cards. Um, in reading the accounts by both parties, I sympathize more with Farrell's account, but who knows what happened. Yeah. So anyway, they do all that to say. Uh, yes, he does. He he plays um, uh, Jerry Buss, who is the person that purchased the Lakers. Anyway, that's it. It's an endorsement. Go watch the show. Winning time. Rise of Lakers Dynasty. It's on HBO, HBO Max, whatever. But uh, it's a good watch. And if you HBO's like, just crushing it right if now. If you like Adam McKay's style and specifically the Big Short style. Imagine the big short and the deuce have a baby. That's where we're at. So if that sounds interesting to you, you're going to really love this show. Okay. Was oh, he also involved the- in making the deuce? I'm just trying to like. Or no, that but the deuce was a stylized period piece. An, yeah, I was just same, wondering because I was like, I could period. see. Yeah, I was like, I could see that they did that. I just, I wasn't sure at all. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, from a style standpoint, I feel like it fits. Uh, the deuce was a. Man, it was a letdown of a show for me. It got great reviews, but it just never captivated me the way I wanted it to. That was Sean I, William Scott. I watched like the first two episodes of it and never got further. Yeah. I made it through the first like season and a half of it before I finally gave up on it and just decided like, ah, it's not going to grow on me. It is what it is. So I, I think I fell off somewhere through season two. There's actually there's actually um, three it's seasons. It's not going to groin me. It's not going to groin me. Oh, which I definitely thought I only had two. No, uh, I think there's three seasons in the show, but yeah, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, if that's it, then we've made it through. 12-year-old Patrick would have loved the deuce. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, 33-year-old <laughs> that would have been what you're tuning is going to love for. Outlander. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you and Mackenzie can watch it together and you'll love different things about it, but it can be. A, Is that you and McGregor's sister, you and Mackenzie? Yeah, you and Mackenzie. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, on that note. All right, Lauren, I rolled a six and a one. So it's going to be past something. Uh, what was the number? I only heard six. the end of six. one. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you got TV again. Nice. I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and roll. Past mm-hmm. TV, so don't talk Past about... Past TV. Yeah. Uh, and I rolled a 16 and a 1. I'm not joking. You got books again. <laughs> I didn't get books last time. <laughs> I got art okay. last time. So. Oh, okay, okay. 
That's okay. I hope you talk about your okay. a new poster you love and you tie it into books. And this poster, can you believe there's there you a go. book in the background? They have to write a title block, and you would also find that in a book. In a book. Titles are also in books. Okay. I Lauren, have a you have to wait. book I can give you. Yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Go, Lauren. Got a nine. Will yes! she go higher than a nine? No! Yes! Nine. <laughs> I am undefeated. I just got 6,266 channel points. <laughs> yeah, good job. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, if only right, this got... translated to real-world currency, I would it be... Doesn't. <laughs> I know. I wish oh, that yeah, would yeah. be Animal Crossing the most. I'd be rich. All right, I, then I got toys. You got oh, toys. Okay, Perfect. That's perfect. Man, I'm riding high. I'm going to start giving away channel points. <laughs> oh, I didn't do my my uh, D4, a two. We so, will have so. a, we will, we didn't do it this week. We said we would, and, and that I said I would, and then I didn't. But wait, we will wait, have wait. What's your modifier, you Lauren? Channel points on. Uh, I got a two, so present. Okay, so present. All right. We're going to have things you can spend channel points on. Again, like get Andrew to do an accent, things like that. It's going to happen. Just give it one more week. One, just one things more week. Things to do, one yeah. Uh, accents for Andrew to... Uh, kill uh, because he's so good at accents yeah and and muck duck yeah if that's gonna be it then we've got our dice we've done our stuff i think the only thing left for you to do is head over to m of one dot network where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about in this episode this only took twice as long as it normally does no it's not no 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 um we took a good amount of time it's uh it doesn't matter how much time doesn't matter who uh, we we are completing the episode, and so that means people can find links to all this stuff. Go read a book. Uh, go watch some TV, and uh, go back in time and watch uh, Return of the Jedi with Lauren. <laughs> That's what you can do yeah. uh, this week. But while you're at mof1.network, you can find uh, an archive full of all sorts of other stuff. You can buy things from Not Cool Co., uh, some podcast paraphernalia, and then some other fun pop culture things from all over the place. Um, and then uh, join the conversation in Slack mof1.network slash slack to join that conversation. It's all sorts of this stuff and so much more uh, day in and day out over there. Um, follow us. If you're if you're listening to this uh, on uh, release day, just on like a podcast platform, head over to twitch.tv slash mof1podcast. We record these live every single week, so you're going to get this and a lot more, and you can be a part of the conversation. You can be a part of the polls. You can be a part of the giveaways. Um, there's all sorts of, of benefits of being a part of the Twitch family. And while you're at it, follow so that you always get notified when we're going to go live because we have lots of fun stuff going live that I'm going to let Patrick and Lauren talk about in a little bit. And then uh, you can subscribe as well. And if, you have, uh, if you've got Prime, if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe for free. You can use your Prime membership to subscribe to our podcast, which is super helpful uh, to us, and it doesn't cost you any extra money. And I'm pretty sure 99.99% of the entire population has Amazon Prime. Um, and then that other 0.001%, um, they're just using Patrick's uh, Prime account. So It's a couple. Um, <laughs> um, so just do that. It's super helpful for us. And then rate and review the show as well. We will read those on air. We've done a few in this last couple of weeks, but just head on over there. It doesn't take you very much time. It doesn't take you any money, but it's super helpful for us, and it's fun. We will read your um, review on air however you ask us to, uh, and so we will do your bidding. Um, that's just what we're here for. Um, Patrick, what can people <laughs> look forward to this week on the podcast or on uh, the Twitch channel? 
say all the things we just talked about over the last two hours. Uh, (laughs) One more. For people listening to this episode, what do they have to look forward to? (laughs) That's it. Uh, Dungeons and Designers is this Thursday at 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Uh, DM Will will be taking us through session two in Lathander's Ring. And actually, this will be the first. So it's uh, Andrew, uh, me, um, Tracy Ching, and then Ray, Inked Flame, will be joining us. She was unable to make session one. She'll be in session two. The other thing joining us will be LED lighting because I am going to fix up this room because I will not be outdone by Ray and Tracy again. Andrew set up his garbage. I don't need to worry about him as competition. But this is that's way right. Than, this is ambient lighting. This is I'm setting a vibe back care. here. Bro. I don't care. But session it two. It is better than the like cave you were sitting in last week. <laughs> we don't need to talk about caves. <laughs> last week he's like, oh, is this good? And it's literally just completely dark. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm I'm the night. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? <laughs> it was terrible. It's great. It's not- so anyway, Dungeons and Designers. Session two, uh, and that Andrew, isn't that setup so freaking cool? Like I the cannot Figma wait. stuff. I cannot wait for for session two. It's going to be so fun. Somebody was asking me about it this week. I have a I have a hard time remembering people who ask me things. Um, <laughs> but I was I literally showed them who was it? I turned the like I I pulled up the stream and I showed them how we. Oh, it was Jason Lindley. And I was showing him how we how we do it, and he was really impressed with that. And I'm like, I've never experienced it better than this. Um, the way that Will DMs, and then his whole system in Figma, where everybody who's tuning in can can follow the story and see what's happening in real time, as opposed to having to use your imagination. Um, it's really nice. It's like a really cool setup. Mm-hmm. So join us for that story. Yeah. I can't wait to to jump back into it because uh, of all f- of. Of all four of my my D and D characters that I'm running right now, I think that's the one I'm most excited about. Like, like play acting. So I would say, because I'm running three characters right now, this is the character I'm most surprised is still alive. Yes, we have been hand holding you. <laughs> um, but yeah, tune into that, and then um, I believe Lauren, correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, the drawing board is live on. Our Twitch stream, is it going to also be yeah. on YouTube? That is a good question. Doc, let me know what you want to do if you're still <laughs> listening. But I wasn't <laughs> able to tune into it live because I was at the Batman yes. um, premiere. So I'm going to go back it's and watch actually, it. It actually uh, is available on Twitch now to watch if you want to catch up. It was really awesome. Uh, Doc went over the whole process for his Daniel series. So check that out. We can easily put it on YouTube, I think. So there's no reason that that couldn't happen so cool. we'll, we'll get that sorted yeah awesome. and not uh you know not to uh uh beat a dead horse but if you want to catch any of this content that you miss because not all of it is going up on youtube there are pieces of content that do but for instance this show doesn't um and also if you're listening to the regular show if you're listening to this on the podcast right now this is edited so just imagine what you're missing like if this is the the whatever that makes it to you, just think about how much is on the cutting cutting room floor. Uh, because we try to give you like an hour to an hour and fifteen minute episode. Uh, these records are two and a half hours long, so it gives you an mm-hmm. idea of how much content you're not a part of. But if you decide like, hey, I need to see that content, even if I can't watch it live, go sub to the channel uh, Twitch.tv/slash/M1Podcast. You can sub now, and then you get the last sixty days of recordings in their fullness. Uh, good and bad everything so it's all there <laughs> we can't edit it out so 
Um, <laughs> yeah, have at it. It's fun. You can clip things too. I don't know if I should be telling you that, but you can clip things, um, and those show you up on our page. Clip. You can clip like fifteen-second moments that you really want to like highlight for people. If you want to, that's really a possibility. Show off my British accent abilities. You can clip you it, could. and they can put it out there for the world to see. I wouldn't, but. On that note, we have done all of the things we need to do. Uh, we are done taking your time for the evening. Thank you for tuning in and for contributing to the conversation and for asking questions and answering questions and pointing out when we say things incorrectly. Uh, but for now, you can find us on M of One Podcast and all the platforms. You can find me at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. I'm not cool co everywhere. And you can find me on Pop Shop Live this Saturday. You can find me at Velky Studios. For now, we're going to get out of here. My name is Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Tip of the hat. Teeth and the lips. Adios. But I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs>